This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Welcome to the Alstein Film Podcast. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host, John. And this week, we're talking about Elemental. Yay! I hope everyone's doing well. I'm doing great. What about you, Tom? Yes, I'm good. I'm under a towel, which is great. Uh, (laughs) That's my best way of muffling the sound at the moment. Yeah, we've been going through this process of Tom just having the towel over his head. When I saw him, he looked like he was in this recording booth. But no, it was just a towel. Just a towel, is, man. Just a towel. It's like that Bear Girls meme. It's like overcome, adapt, survive. It's like that. Yes, like, that that yeah, is that's that what's meme. happening. <laughs> You're just like I need to do this podcast, and this one tower can save me. So, <laughs> yes, it's all for Elemental. I mean, Elemental yeah. came out ages ago, but we here at the Alstein Film Podcast, we leave no stone unturned, and thus we retain <laughs> our promise to cover every new Pixar release by talking about it here and now. I mean, better late than never, right? What strong promise that is like we shall talk every Pixar every single one every single one until the end of time so I mean we've got a big back catalogue there's a lot that we haven't done but we we're you know we're we're going for it we're Um, passionate we're we're, we're trying to talk about everything so give us all the time that we need to talk about every Pixar (laughs) film Precisely. Um, so, yeah. full spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it. Elemental, briefly explain the plot for those who don't uh-uh. know. Okay. In a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together, a fiery young woman will go with the flow guy discover something elemental. How much they actually have in common. Right, brilliant. Okay. Um, uh, so, in terms of Pixar, the last film that we had was Lightyear. The less uh, said about that film, the uh, better. Uh, that was our 100th episode of the podcast. That's just oh, depressing. Ooh. Don't think about it. So that was the last Pixar movie that we did. Yes. Here we are, a year later, pretty much. Was just, it a just, a, just, just over a year. Yeah, it was last summer. What do you think of Elemental? This is loads better than Lightyear. I mean, it's got something. I don't know. I just watched the film and I thought there was some stuff that was strong. Pixar knows how to create really good story structures, how to keep everything moving forward. In this one, I thought the film was good. Like, nothing that bad. I wish there was more emotional exploration between the other characters. Before we get into the whole film, the promotion for Elemental was very weird. Because Pixar wasn't really, or Disney, they weren't promoting the film as much. But the weird thing they would do is that they did this TikTok trend where they got this one character, the Earth guy. They were making massive attention on this particular character who appears for like 30 seconds in the film. And they filmed in the cinema, putting like, you know, this fake Oh yeah, no I know about this. Wait, so is this the guy with the moustache? No, this is the smaller Earth guy. Oh, the little kid? Yeah. Oh, he was so unmemorable. (laughs) He showed up at the end and I was like, oh, it's that guy. Why is... Yeah, so Disney was hyping this kid who was just there for 30 seconds in the film. And I'm like, why would you hype something about that? And the promotion for the film was so weird as well because it was nothing like what the film was going through. Like, oh, we have a city that is mixed with different elements. But no, this is a deeper story about immigration and how to continue your family's legacy. But the promotion 
promotion was so weird. Yeah, it really kind of felt like the promotion was like, explore this new world of all the different elements. And like, yeah, of course, that's kind of a draw of the movie. But I was just kind of sitting there and I was like, the promotion was just focusing on all the wrong things. Like the deeper story behind it is actually really compelling. Yeah. And what they focused on, like you see ads that were promoting these Earth characters, wind characters. It's really a story about fire and water, like Earth and wind barely take part. But I would say that that deeper story, I thought really worked. You know, I would agree with you that the film itself was, you know, just good. But I would say that at the same time, I really enjoyed it. And I would kind of go as far to say that it's Pixar's best movie in quite a while. I think since Soul. And that's oh, that's, Soul. A, that's about oh. two and a half years. Like, it's their best movie in a while, I would say. I think yeah. that all those elements did really work well. Yeah, and I agree with that. It had a really strong emotional family dynamic with Ember and uh, Father and like, how do we explore this world and what can we do to protect our identity to who we are? So that was like the strong, prominent message in the film and that wasn't really anything in Disney's promotions. Another thing was that there was weird plot beats as well, especially at the end. Before Firetown is flooded, Ember and Wade had an argument. It was really intense. Ember was like, oh, I don't want to do any of this. It was like really intense. It looked like this massive, in the story arc, all is lost moment, you know, like they might not regroup or anything. And then the whole town's flooded. And then they just come back together again. Like, oh, do you remember last time we talked? Oh, this time's like this. And then they had this self-sacrifice thing again. I'm telling you, there's this trend with characters who die, but then they come back alive. Like, oh, guys, sorry, I didn't actually die. I came back, so... Uh Haha. Okay, yeah, that's... Yeah, the cynic in me, that moment, I was very much cynically, I was like, he should have stayed dead. The idea that he sacrifices himself and he proves his love and all that stuff, like, that felt very in character. And I was like, yeah, kill him. And then... Steady on, steady on. Oh my god. And then he came back and it was like, okay. On the one hand, it's very much in line with the message of the film that he would survive and that they would fall in love because really where would ember go if he just died i feel like that would be it would leave the message of the film it would be depressing it would leave the message of the film a little bit muddled yeah but at the same time i'm a bit like oh that would have been really emotional and cool i mean i don't know (laughs) i really really liked all the stuff with ember I thought that really, oh, yeah. really worked. You can tell that the director, Peter Sohn, he's putting his own experiences onto this movie, you know, coming from a family of immigrants. Like from the opening moments of the film, when the parents arrive, I thought that was so emotionally powerful. And, you know, you can really feel the weight that she feels from her family. I thought that was all really, really great. And it's realized so well through, you know, the metaphor of the different elements and what all that means. And I think that a genius stroke of this movie was to have it focus on the fire characters and not anyone else. Because, you know, at the end of the day, the thing that lets this film down the most for me was the water characters are too good, if that makes sense. The fire characters are very layered. They're very complex. They have things to them. They're not just one note. They have love for each other and they want their family to do well. But at the same time, especially Ember has conflict in her. But Wade and the other water characters, they're just basically white saviors. Like if you put this onto a real life metaphor, you look at the water characters as white people, they're just white saviors. And they're just a bit boring in the sense that there are hints that they themselves are also a bit cautious of 
fire people and basically a bit racist, but they don't really do anything with that. They're all just too nice when I feel like they should be presented as a society that needs to change. Like, you know, Wade's family are all like, oh, really great people who immediately take Ember in and they only really give her like a couple of odd comments. But other than that, I feel like they could have lent into the idea that this union between Wade and Ember just wouldn't work systematically because of who they are and the society they live in. Yeah, it was kind of implied with that. Like, there was one quote, like, oh, you speak so well. It was Wade's dad, I think, yeah, to Ember. And it was like, oh, okay. And the film did go through Ember's father, you know, what he's been through and he's trying to be finding the place, but everyone has been shutting down because he was a fire. After that was emotionally Wade, you know, with the other characters. I wish there was something to explore more with the, the characters. I mean, yeah, we don't really explore the other elements, really. Like, what does fire have relation to air or earth? I mean, that was kind of explored, but not a lot. There's no meaningful connection between fire and the other elements. And I kind of water. felt like in, in, <laughs> in places, I felt like fire and water really were the only thing that mattered. The film is so Zootropolis. Oh my god. There are so many parts of it that are so reminiscent of Zootropolis. And I think what is so good about that movie is that even Judy, the protagonist, even she isn't a good person. She's like trying to be a good cop and she unearths all this thing. And there's this whole tension between predators and prey in Zootropolis. And when Nick gets a little bit angry, she's scared of him because he's a predator. And there's that incredible line of you're not like them. Oh, there's a them now. Like that's all so good in Zootropolis. And that's one of the reasons why the movie works so well on so many different levels. And I think this movie... It could have used some more of that. Like, I feel like that's kind of yeah. my grievance with with the water side of it. But when you consider how many Pixar movies do the kind of different universe, but it's also similar to our universe. So like Monsters Inc., it's our world, but monsters inhabit it. Or Onward, it's magical creatures in our world. But I think this movie, especially after Onward, this movie does that concept so well, the way that the world is realized is fantastic. The way that they have thought about every single detail and the way that these elements will interact with each other and the way that water is constantly a presence in the fire people's lives and they hate it and they resent it and they get it even from the splashes when they go onto the train. The difference between all the different mm. biomes and all the different yeah. architecture. Like, you know, this movie, it's not pushing the bounds of animation like something like Spider-Verse, but man, it really looked great. Yeah, they put so much detail. You know, at the beginning, you can see the air population, you know, like they're, they're traveling and they have this hot air balloon and then they go out and then they swap with the other people as well to go in the air balloon. And it was like so creatively well done. And my favorite detail was Ember always merge with glass. You know, she can merge it to fix things or to put things in order. My favorite was when the glass in the shop was, you know, completely broken and she put them together to make it a new window for the thing. I, can't, I don't know what it is, but yeah, like that. And I love how it's so realized in that film. They thought about like, how do the elements work? But then again, I wish there was more to see with how these elements clash together. And by the way, there were so many puns in this film, like so many jokes. Oh, they were really going for it. Oh my God. I was trying my best not to laugh at them because it was just, <laughs> it was so stupid. There was one bit like, I, I don't think Ember and Wade ever like learn each other's names yeah. on screen. And somebody says, well, 
Wade. And I was like, oh, Wade, ha, good. And then later on in the movie, somebody, I can't remember who, but somebody says his full name, Wade Ripple. And I was just like, are you serious? His name is Wade Ripple. That's just so funny. Like, surely we're going to run out of <laughs> puns for people's names at one point. Like, the kids are called Marco and Polo. Like, come on. It's just uh, so funny. Some and, of this stuff and, that they just bring in. And then the dad does watercoloring. <laughs> yeah, right? It's just like, what's going on? That was so many. Yeah, you can tell that the people who made this movie, the animators and the writers, they were having a blast with all the different yeah, things they Yeah, they were having make. a blast with this. Like, yeah. this movie already, you know, you've got a pretty good metaphor for immigration and some really good stuff. And I think that even though the rules don't always line up and obviously there are always gaps and, and plot holes I would say that it's all minimal stuff because they really have so much fun with it. And the film embraces the elements mixing can be beautiful. Like it's such a small thing that throughout the movie, Wade and Ember can't touch. But then when they eventually do touch, it's so beautiful. This particular shot with the lake and then like the the night sky and they're under the bridge and they're just kind of like together and the light is reflecting off Ember and there's this kind of like a steam coming off Wade. It's just all looked so incredible and so beautiful. And Mm. I love that kind of thing. I thought that really, really worked and I thought the music was really great too I think there was some really really like I think there's a beauty to this film and heart to it that really came out nicely I was worried that it would just kind of be a bit flat and I knew going in that a lot of this was a reflection of the director's own experiences and metaphors for that but I think again you know they really made that work and the stuff with her father like at the end when she bows to him she does like the fire like ceremonial bow or whatever and then he does it back that was really Mm. powerful I thought yeah i agree with that that was like a really powerful way to you know respect the cultures within the fire going back to the music the music was by thomas newman not gonna lie he's the goat he's the goat of like you know he can make something that is so beautifully heartfelt but regarding the music in this i thought it was a bit weird not gonna lie like there was some bits like i just couldn't really vibe with the music i hope i'm not going insane i just don't know why the music wasn't really vibing with me and i was just like oh Okay. Yeah, I can understand that. But I tell you what, you say that it's Thomas Newman and that makes so much sense. Like, I already love his work in James Bond. He did did Skyfall and Spectre. He did Wally and he did 1917. And I'm just thinking, and I'm like, yeah, no, I I, I generally really liked his stuff. But I can see where you're coming from. There's definitely a couple of those obligatory Western animations where they're like, hey, here's a pop song. And I'm like, oh, thanks, guys. Wow. Thanks, guys. I oh, feel so me. grateful. Like, yeah, like oh, that, yes. that was a little bit jarring. There was an Ed Sheeran song in this. Uh, oh, was there? Uh, oh, no, there oh wasn't, boy. There wasn't. I'm kidding, everyone. D- uh, oh, uh, my. Ah, oh, he uh, got me. Wait, did I? No, he, got, I, I would... he got me. I believed you. I believed you, John. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I, I did. I was joking. I said, oh, there's an Ed Sheeran song in this film. No, I'm kidding. But, oh, boy. Um, yeah, the music. I mean, there were some parts that was like, oh, wow, that really suited that scene. But then it decided to go somewhere else with it. I was like, oh, okay. That, yeah. Hopefully, if I revisit this film, the music will be great. I don't know. I'll have to come back to it and see. Well, I mean, I do think there's a lot to like. I think this year we have been blessed with animation. You know, like we had Puss in Boots release here in the UK. We had Spider-Verse. We had Mario. We had Suzume. We had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
through the animation styles and the amazing stories i think we really have had some great stuff and i don't think this movie necessarily is perfect i don't think it's necessarily the best thing i've ever seen but i really do think that its creativity was wonderful and i thought it really landed some of those heartfelt moments and the metaphors i thought also really worked and especially since i didn't like Lightyear at all and i did struggle with turning red and with luca even though they're both good movies and you know also onward and i do think that this is more of what i would like to see from pixar even though i do think that their output still has been pretty strong i mean next pixar film is is next march it's called elio i don't really know much about that but then we have inside out yeah yeah but then we have inside out 2 and toy story 5 and cars 4 i much prefer pixar doing yeah what do you mean? Oh my god! And they're bringing back Woody and Buzz for Toy Story Four. Like, I just think that guys, it, they're coming if, back. Like, mm. <laughs> I don't want them back. I don't want it. But well, like, you're getting if... them back, Tom. You're getting them back. <laughs> and we're gonna do it, John. We're gonna do it on the podcast. It's a promise. We'll do all five Toy Story films. Yes, you heard me right. We'll do it all, baby. All the Pixar films. <laughs> oh god. But seriously, like, I. How many times am I gonna cry again? <laughs> I'd. Really think that pixar can do better than just like endless oh they can they can do something and, better and, and this is an example of what they could do this yeah. kind of like level content i know that a lot of people haven't liked this movie and it pretty much bombed at the box office but hey i liked it so you know hey same. fuck you <laughs> what are you gonna give elemental out of 10 i'm gonna give elemental a 7 out of 10 oh well that's funny because me too i'm also giving it a 7 out of 10 what a world we live in Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody. If you're listening on YouTube and you enjoyed it, you can subscribe and give us a like. Wait, no, that's the wrong way around. Damn it. This this towel. I'm so hot right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. And next week, we'll be doing Blue Beetle, which is another oh. superhero thing. Oh. A okay. DC thing, okay. maybe a good DC thing. We will really see Blue Beetle Battalion We Rise. Oh, I yeah. really hope oh, that's going to be I hope, I hope good. some people get promoting this film. Have you and... seen Zack Snyder promoting the film? Oh, uh, hell yeah. Yeah, like, he was like, cannot wait to see crazy. Yeah, and you can send us an email at alstinefilmpod at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Blue Beetle. And you can follow us on Instagram at alstinefilmpod to see our incredible thumbnails from Zayn Afsal, on Twitter for more thoughts from me, and TikTok to see edited clips, which are also on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. And you can find links to all that in the description below. Thanks to L. Jones Mayer for the excellent theme and Ronan Phillips vocals, as always. And I think that's everything. John, get me out of this towel. Okay, I'm not going to say anything now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's everything. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, I'm off the towel. I don't care. I don't care that you can hear He's how free. angry he is. He's I'm free! free.